Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to episode 20 of season 3 of the Wormbritter Podcast. I am your host, Justin, and for this week, I wanted to take a little bit of a different approach. I wanted to look over the leagues as they've been going on in Europe and what has been happening. I know that we're only a couple games into the season, and in no way, shape, or form is this really a end-all, be-all for any of the seasons or the teams that I'm going to be discussing in this episode, but... There are definitely some key points and some takeaways that I've seen so far in this season from a couple of sides specifically that I would love to highlight in this episode of the Wormbutter Podcast. This could definitely be a section going forward in the podcast itself, but that's pretty much going to be this week's episode. Uh, unfortunately, um, I don't really have too, too much time, but I wanted to at least get something out for you guys, and I definitely hope hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. If you have not already, go ahead and check out our Facebook. It is facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast. If you have not checked out our Twitter, it is at Wormburner PDCST. Again, that is Wormburner PDCST. And if you have not checked out our website, it is the dash Wormburner dash podcast.captivate.fm. Again, that is the dash Wormburner dash podcast.captivate.fm. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode and let's Let's go ahead and get into it. Alright, so for this week's episode, like I had said, we're just going to be going over the leagues themselves around Europe, the top five leagues uh, in Europe, and just going over some things that I had seen uh, over the course of the, the, the first couple of games in each league. So the first one that I wanted to go over, which is at least to me the least changed in my opinion, and that is, of course, the Bundesliga. Bayern Munich is still up top with Leverkusen ch- uh, chasing them on the same amount of points with four wins and one draw for both of those sides. But where it comes into play where I want to talk a little bit about one of the sides is Dortmund of all of the teams in the Bundesliga. Yes, of course, it is the beginning of the season, but they are they are currently sitting in sixth place. And the reason I mention it is in the first five games, they should have realistically won every single game, but they didn't. So the two games in which they did draw was Butcham 1-1, and then they ended up draw, drawing Heidenheim 2-2. So, in my personal opinion, those are two ties that they should have gotten the better result out of. And I remember when they tied Heidenheim, and that was at the beginning of this month, that I was like, hold on a second, this isn't... this." <laughs> my brain was trying to compute what was going on. And with a title contention, typically in Dortmund's arsenal every single year, it... Those kinds of results you can't take. You can't. You just can't take at all. Even 
even loss, let alone losses, you can't take draws, especially against sides that you should definitely be getting a result against. So for me, that's why I wanted to highlight the Bundesliga and Dortmund specifically. To the best of my knowledge, they haven't had as many player sales or departures, I should say, as other squads in the Bundesliga, and I feel like they still have the majority of their key talent, if not possibly a, a, a few more players, maybe. But uh, to me, it still looks like they have the majority of their main talent. The only one, at least in my, to the best of my knowledge, is Rafael Guerrero. And that's the only one that's that's really and truly missing from this side that I think would have possibly made the difference in those results. And I will I will sing praise about Rafael Guerrero until the day he retires, honestly, <laughs> because that man was an absolute beast for Borussia Dortmund signing for Bayern Munich on a free this last summer. And so when you have a goal contribution average of every other game. He either had a goal or an assist every other game in the Bundesliga. I definitely think Dortmund are hurting when it comes to the defensive output that he could have contributed when it came to those two games. However, I did not see both of those games, so I don't know how much uh, when it comes to the tactics and such, it would have contributed. But however, uh, it's speculation. I think that he he could have made a deciding factor in those in those sides or in in those games. And so, I, I'm not sure where Dortmund are going when it comes to the end of this season. At least if they keep up at this tr- if at this pace at this overall standing in the league, they'll be struggling to qualify for Europe. And I think that that's a bit of a, it's definitely something that Dortmund should not be having. It, the, 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 this Dortmund side should not be struggling under any, under any facet, under any sort of the imagination. They sh- they should not be struggling. So the fact that they are is a bit of a question mark here at the beginning of the season. Again, this is five games in. We are going into the sixth game this this upcoming weekend, and I, I don't know. I, I this Dortmund side isn't speaking volumes to me like they normally do, and they should at, at least at least maybe one draw, not not two. They should definitely have had another win on their roster, other than other than those the two that they had, which was Bochum and Hoff, uh, Heidenheim. So overall, I think this is a bit of a question mark uh, that Dortmund need to answer now, especially at the beginning of the season, especially going forward into the rest of the season, because if they're struggling against those sides that they should be putting results against, like I said, I don't know if Champions League will be something for them next year, maybe even Continental. I know that it's crazy to think about, but again, this is the beginning of the season. This is speculation. Uh, It's just a big question mark for me. And so, moving to the Serie A, which to me is the second most 
normal <laughs> look to the league, <laughs> at least in my opinion. And that is Inter Milan are at the top of the league with five wins out of five matches. And it's a bit of a oddball, at least as of recent years. Juventus are in second. And it is a good bounce back for the Turin side to be able to be at near the top of the league, especially in the beginning of the year. They'll definitely want to look to capitalize on this kind of a position. Now, the only thing I wanted to highlight here is there were two questionable results when it came to Juventus, and that was a 4-2 result against Sassuolo and then a 1-1 draw against Bologna. And and it was just, to me, those don't look good (laughs) on any kind of a resume or any kind of league stature uh, when we're going into the next month they are going against Torino they are going against Milan and then at the beginning of next month or going into the month following sorry in November they're going to be going against Fiorentina and Inter so those are definitely going to be main decisive matches going into the next couple of months and even going into the second match in December they're going against Napoli so for me that's definitely something that Juventus has got to look at going moving forward are they going to be able to turn something like this around I think they will given the result and given the other results that they've had as well as their overall position in the league and and the look of some of the other teams I think they'll definitely be able to fight for that top four, I would say, roughly this season, unlike uh, the previous seasons where they had had struggled the previous two years, I think, if I'm not mistaken. But the other big one, the other big notice for me is that Napoli are in seventh in City A, and that was a big, big, big question mark for me as to what in the world's going on with them because they too got a draw against Bologna a nil-nil draw and they did end up drawing Genoa as well two to two but at least the shock result for me was a 2-1 loss to Lazio which given that Sergei Milinkovic Savic has left Lazio it's definitely, uh, I, I, for me, I feel like this was a side that should easily have a win against, that Napoli should be beating, and they didn't. So it's definitely a question mark as to what in the world happened to this Napoli side, and especially with their players. You have Victor Osimhen, you also have Paletano in forwards, you had the two forwards playing against Lazio in a 4-3-3. And just for me, it was a bit of a question mark. What in the world happened to get a result of of a 2-1 loss? So Lazio has some good players. They, I mean, obviously you have Giro Immobile, you have Felipe Anderson, you also have Luis Alberto, which actually ended up getting one, one of the decisive goals at the beginning of the game uh, to be exact it was the first goal of the match so you 
Lazio does have de- decisive players, but at least looking from the player front, I 100% would say that Napoli has the better players. So, for me, Napoli needs to be answering these questions too, much like Dortmund, that this is a top-four side that they should be competing for Europe on a consistent basis, let alone the Champions League. So what is happening where they aren't getting these kinds of res- of a result? And I don't know that answer right now, and I will definitely be looking into the City A more this season. But moving towards League On, this was a huge surprise for me. And to say the least that not only is PSG not in first, they have already lost a game this year. <laughs> it's six games in. They've already lost. And it was against second place Nice. And for the whole standing itself, you are looking at PSG in third place. You also have Monaco in fourth, Reem in fifth, and then Stad Brest in first place, which is just I didn't even see that coming. I don't even know what happened. <laughs> it, it was uh, it was a big shock for me when I logged in and, and looked at Ligon and they were in first. But needless to say, PSG, looking at the entire Messi, Neymar, Mbappe situation, it's a bit of a question mark to me that, of course, you have Neymar's gone, Messi's gone, you have Mbappe. I, I, I don't see a clear vision for the first time in PSG. It's a, Even though that vision for PSG was by every single great player that's ever walked the face of the earth at that current moment in time, <laughs> uh, I... I don't think this is a a good sign for PSG that they've already lost their first game of the of the season six games in, and it, it was against a side that is on the better half of of the le- of the table. They're above them in the league, and again, this is the beginning of the season. This is six games in, but I, I have some question marks. This is. For me, this right here is one of the key indicators as to why and how Messi was underrated by the PSG fan base and by the PSG overarching situation. I know that he didn't want to stay there, and I know that he overall had a very tenuous relationship with the squad and the fans. They they definitely did appreciate him, for sure, and to see these kinds of numbers going into the first half of the league on season. Honestly, this is kind of a bit of an, I told you so moment <laughs> given the situation and the circumstances. I don't see why PSG. I mean, we could be looking at another situation this season where PSG doesn't win the league. And I know that it's crazy to say, considering the fact that, of, of course, they still have one of the best players in the world in Mbappe. I, I'm not sure how they're going to to take this whole league-owned season, given the fact that they've lost Neymar and they've lost Messi, both of them being massive contributors to their attacking front. And they did, in 
my opinion on their transfer market, they did not replace them. They they didn't. I know that they ended up getting Usman Dembele, which was a bit of a plus. They also had Manuel Ngarte added to, in their in this off season, which was again another big massive boost for them. But overall, I don't see the attacking talent being replaced. Which, of course, that is a absolutely ridiculous statement to say. Being able to have to replace both Messi and Neymar. That is an unbelievable ask. However, there should have been some kind of an attacking prowess being able to be returned here in this kind of a situation, in my opinion. Maybe they could have gone after uh, Victor Rossman from Napoli, given that Napoli's not having the best season this, this year. I definitely think that some of the other players around the world, they could have maybe had a better shot at getting them. Maybe not getting anybody along the lines of Real, but, I mean, <laughs> who who would be able to get them other than maybe Manchester City? But overall, this PSG project has always and forever had a big stain on it, whereas most other projects or other projects like Manchester City, for an example. I think PSG and a squad that we'll be getting into later, Chelsea, are prime examples of wasting money, wasting the ability and resources of playing smart with your money, essentially. They need to be smarter with their money. They need to actually invest better in this kind of a situation, in this overall role themselves. And they just aren't. They just aren't, in my opinion. They they haven't since I, I've probably been following football. <laughs> like, I'm I'm sorry. They've been able to dominate League On, which, of course, that's what you want. But they want Champions League now. They're far past League On. But now it looks like they're slipping back below that line now because they aren't spending smart in Again, my opinion, and this is all again presumptuous. This is the beginning of the season. You love it. You love speculation. You love drama. You you have to. It's one of those things that, as a, a football fan, you can always enjoy. Now, going to La Liga, this was a bit of a regular. I I would say other than the Bundesliga and City A, uh, this is probably the most normal league out of all of them. I did, however, want to make a note that while doing this research for the leagues, we are looking at a very interesting situation in second place in La Liga because Girona FC are currently sitting in second place. They have not lost this season, and they are the only other team other than Barcelona that, again, is undefeated. And... I, the reason why I wanted to highlight this and the reason why I wanted to bring attention to the second place team is that they did have a result that really rose an eyebrow for me. And that result was a 2-1 win against Sevilla. And given the situation, given Sevilla's record and given Sevilla's stature in La Liga, that is not a simple result. And it was at Sevilla. So I am 
it was quite a remarkable result seeing Girona getting the best of Sevilla at home, at Sevilla's home. And I think this definitely puts momentum in their favor moving into the later part of the this, the season. Given again, this is only six games in. They do have Real at the end of this at the end of this month, the 30th of September. But the next huge test, in my opinion, after that would most likely either be Celta Vigo and on August 29th or Bilbao, Athletic Bilbao, November 26th. Because then after that, they would have Valencia, Barcelona, Betis, and then Atletico, January 3rd. They would have Atletico Madrid, January 3rd. So that's that December plus the first game in January would be a big test for Girona FC. And if they're able to get this stretch with good games, they can definitely take that momentum into December and into the first week of January and possibly even hold strong even after that. So overall, they definitely look on the up and up this season and I would genuinely say out of all of the leagues this team is the one to watch possibly because again a 2-1 result against Sevilla in Sevilla is not a simple result to get so I will be paying attention closer to this team this season we could be looking at a continental continental qualification at the end of this year and I would not say that lightly, honestly, because given their results and given their spa- their spell and, and how they could be looking at the end of the season, wh- why not? <laughs> why, why not? They could definitely be looking at continental qualification at the end of this year, given their results and given the ability for the team to, to gel as well as they have so far, so... Definitely one to watch, for sure, in La Liga. So, other than that, no surprising results, in in my personal opinion. Uh, Atletico have already lost, as well as Real Madrid have already lost their first games of the season. So, it is a bit of a, a shell-shock moment for them, but I... I feel confident that they would be able to bounce back given the given the circumstances so moving to the fifth and final league for this league breakdown top five in europe uh, it is the barclays premier league uh, of all leagues (laughs) and uh, not surprising manchester city is up top with six wins out of six and a bit of a surprise out of the top four is Brighton and Hove Albion with five wins and one loss on their record. So a very good result for them. And, and they definitely have some great players on their lineup as well as just overall positioning. We could be looking at top seven, top eight for them this season. So definitely a, a, a great start, great six games for them moving forward as well as in fourth and fifth you also have Tottenham and Arsenal uh, on their best run I would say so far you have four wins with two draws so no losses for both of them as well as Liverpool in second so definitely a good start for them as well as 
I wouldn't say a great result, but Manchester United is in ninth. It's a bit of a shaky situation given that there are six games played, three wins, three losses. One of them was against Brighton and Hove Albion. The other two losses were against Tottenham and Arsenal. So again, both of those teams above them. I really wouldn't put too much past them outside of that, but uh, definitely looking forward all three of the teams that they went against and lost against were teams that are above them in the league. So just going into that second game at the end of the season, I would just watch out for that. (laughs) That's really all I would say. But for me, and the team that I wanted to highlight in the Premier League, I genuinely could probably be a supporter by the amount that I've had to follow these people due to the fact of their circumstances, (laughs) is Chelsea FC. I cannot say any good things about what's going on at Chelsea, in my personal opinion. I have zero idea what's going on with them. They have put funding out of every single crevice from that club, and it still does not look like... Honestly, in every, in my personal opinion, going into this season, it looks like they started just like they ended last year. I There is zero change. It didn't look like there was any change at all. Six games in, you have the the overall results, all six results, a 1-1 draw with Liverpool, a 3-1 loss to West Ham, a 3-0 win against Luton Town, a 1-0 loss to Nottingham Forest, a 0-0 draw with Bournemouth, and a 1-0 loss to Aston Villa. Given those situations... Nottingham Forest, they should have won. Bournemouth, they definitely should have won. However, Aston Villa, you could argue with a draw. Chelsea in the West Ham game, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. Given given the situation that, again, West Ham had a player sent off in in roughly the 65th, 67th minute. What's happening there defensively? What is happening there? And I guess in a way, when it came to my breakdown at the end of last season, but at the beginning of season three for this podcast, I broke down the situation at Chelsea, and it seemed like they just had way too many attacking talents. And again, I will beat this horse to to absolutely no end. <laughs> but... Rafael Guerrero was was on a free in the summer and Chelsea had the opportunity to sign him and given their current situation at left back they would have had an unbelievable signing for free which I don't entirely know if Todd Bowley knows what that word means <laughs> I I just don't understand I don't understand what's going on at Chelsea, and given the situation, as well as Maurizio Pochettino is is at the helm of the squad, I would not have expected, it, given Chelsea's track record with how they have players, with how they've been able to develop good talent, good young talent at the club, they might, they might not have stayed at the club, but they've turned into great players at other locations at a, at and at other teams. Given that it's Chelsea, and you have Maurizio Pochettino as the head coach. I Seeing these results, I would not have told you that Maurizio Pochettino is leading the squad here. I, I, I'm just being honest. 
I don't see what is happening here. It could be that defensive output. It could be the overall transitioning between attack and defense. I don't. I, I maybe that's something I could go into another episode about here on the podcast. But overall, just absolutely nightmarish start for Chelsea, and for the sake of everybody else, and at least specifically for Chelsea fans, they better hope that they can turn this around because given six games in and their only win is against Luton Town, that is not good at all. And they've already drawn nil-nil with Bournemouth, which is currently sitting in 17th place. They are currently one point out of the relegation zone. Again, we're only talking about six games in here. But, oh, I'm sorry, they're, they're two points. They're two points out of the drop. But still, it is... It's not a good situation for Chelsea at all, given this the whole situation with the club, how much they've spent, and and it, again going to the whole situation, it's reckless spending. I think is what's killing Chelsea. So that is going to wrap up this week's episode of the Wormburner podcast. It actually ended up being about roughly the same length of episode, maybe a couple minutes before, but. Anyways, regardless, I hope you guys appreciated it and liked this week's episode and the way I was able to break down everything in in the leagues themselves. Uh, If you have not already, like I said, check out our Facebook, facebook.com forward slash the Wormburner podcast. If you have not checked out our Twitter, it is at Wormburner PDCST. Again, that is Wormburner PDCST. And also be sure to check out our website, the dash Wormburner dash podcast dot captivate dot FM. Again, that is the dash Wormburner podcast.captivate.fm stay safe have fun love soccer and i'll see you guys next week ciao